Hey, you know what? I really fucked up on this. I'm sorry. Welcome to the Red Shirt Show. And now, here's your host and creator for newer alternative media via podcast. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of the original Red Pill Show. Today is Van Halen Friday, August 28th, 2020. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please use it at your own risk. The show is copyrighted by me. No part of it can be reused, rebroadcasted in any way, shape, or form without my written consent, or you can just ask. Please share. Finally, shows opinionated, the hosts especially, callers 815-290-0912, people that are naughty in the chat room, Guests, interviews, whatever, are and always will be opinionated. That's why we do this. Under no circumstances whatsoever should opinions be taken as advice. If you're seeking professional advice, we strongly encourage you to hire a license if required. Person in his or her field there. Little Tommy. Hey, man. No, that's his name. Broadcasting live from an undisclosed place in the great Midwest on podbean.com, Spotify, YouTube, and all the other places I'm at. I still can't figure out iTunes yet, but I'll get there. I could jump the Spreaker. It's all set up for me already there. But anyway... How you doing today? Mucho bueno. The uh, line is open, I guess. The risk of sounding professional. 815-290-0912. All that really means is I have my browser open <laughs> on Google Voice. So how you doing today? It's Friday, right? Man, this week flew by. We got so much shit going on. I don't know about you. 
and I don't even have a job. Because I'm a loser. I'm a big fat loser. Yeah, you should go get a job, you puny weakling. And I haven't worked out and all this stuff. Anyway, so I am going through the news in LinkedIn and all this other crap, but the news on my Drudge Report. And I think it's time once again to talk about blockchain and Bitcoin, which people are just in the dark. And in my opinion, missing the boat. So I'm going to try to explain it to the best of my ability, as far as I understand it with references. I think I'll get that out of the way. There's a book called the Bitcoin standard can get it off of Amazon. I highly recommend you read that book. Also, anything that has to do with silver and gold and how the monetary system works. Mike Maloney uh, is good. I think that's gold, goldsilver.com. It's a good one. There's a cartoon on YouTube um, called, what is that called? The Fed. Is it the Federal Reserve? It's a cartoon that's really good. Max Kaiser and Stacy on Russian television on the Kaiser Report, the Atlantis Report. Robert Kurosaki is now officially on the Bitcoin bandwagon. You're going to have to think again out of the box a little bit when it comes to this stuff, because the old school or old guys, as Robert Kurosaki calls them with himself included, are not gold bugs, not silver bugs, and definitely not Bitcoin. Now, when I say Bitcoin, I'm saying Bitcoin. I'm not saying altcoins. Crypto Casey, she's awesome trying to get her on the show. Crypto Casey is awesome. She has a channel on YouTube, explains everything wonderfully. Very professional. I She can't be a day. Let's see. She's either 27 years old or at the most 35. But it's hard to tell nowadays people to guess or judge their age. Because everybody just looks so freaking good. <laughs> so uh, if you take care of yourself. So it's hard to do that. But I, I would say she's 27, 28. I could be close. I could not. I don't know. doesn't really matter. But the knowledge that she has is, is amazing. She's even taught me some things. Not, not that I know everything by any means. But I do know more than the average bear. Boo-boo. I'm smarter than the average bear. Uh, someone's texting me. I'm sorry. But what I want to explain is this. Now, the Fed, this keeps coming out. Mostly, I'm hearing it from Trish Regan from Trish Regan Intel. And then she's popping up on LinkedIn. And 
she's becoming my number one news source besides George Report, which is an app on my phone. The Fed wants to pull out another weapon to increase inflation. Increase inflation. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that, but the reasons are really, in my opinion, not important. It's how they're going to do it. And the only way they can do that is to print even more money, which they're printing or creating an ungodly amount now in the way that the government reports inflation is through the CPI consumer price index. But what they don't tell you or you don't know is they strip out things that are affected by inflation right off the bat, which is usually food, gas, utilities, commodities, all that stuff. They, they keep that out. So it's like, well, inflation's really low. If we strip out everything that it affects. Duh. So it's fake. I got to use it. That That's what it is. It's fake. It's fake numbers. So you have to take that into account. Peter Schiff is an, another great resource for this stuff, too. He's, by some people's definition, cocky, arrogant, and just freaking insane. But if you listen to what he's saying and everything that he's predicted has come true, whether you want to admit it or not. I wish I would have listened to him way back in 2007, 2008 with the housing crisis and bubble because I wouldn't have lost my ass on my fucking house in Vegas that went from $300,000 down to $99,000. And there wasn't a damn thing I could do about it. So I've learned the hard way, but more importantly, I want to get into this. Now I'm going to divide this into what I think you should understand and educate yourself on. There's inflation. Then there's blockchain. Then there's Bitcoin hyphenated by altcoins, okay? I want to make it perfectly clear again. I am not talking. Hey, Andy, what's up? Uh, Intergirl. You guys should listen to this shit. It might save your ass, okay? I'm not recommending anything to buy anything or sell anything or just. I'm saying what I've learned and I'm transferring my knowledge educationally or educational wise to you guys, I've learned the hard way. I didn't read a bunch of books and then, oh, you're from the UK. How is it over there? I've never been there. I really want to go see. This is what I like about the chat room and phone calls and that. How is it over there? I really want to go to the UK someday. I really do. Don't come here. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Uh, wow. Why is it really fucked up? You know, the UK is interesting based on our history, rain and more rain. Uh, it's very interesting how our whole world history, not, not our whole, I mean, maybe current history, the past 
two, three, four hundred years, maybe five, is centered around the UK. Very interesting. Um, plus a lackluster COVID response. Okay, so you're so you're saying that you're not happy with the response that the government's taking lack of action spot on. Yeah, I know. I, well, I hope so. I, I'm not trying to be right. I, I hope you guys understand that. I'm not trying to be right. It's more truth seeking. It, it's truth seeking. That That's it. Uh, not being right, not being wrong, but based on intuition and of course facts, but you only get your facts from who's providing them. So it's like, uh, like the COVID numbers here in the States. I mean, mm, are those really accurate facts from what I'm seeing? And they're not. So, I mean, but yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, you start getting into the Rothschilds and everything like that over there, you're going to learn a lot of things you do not want to know. So I'm going to tell you, but I didn't. I didn't come on here for that. Although this is kind of related. <laughs> so uh, monetary money, um, control power. It's all, money's just all a control system. It's, it's all it is. It's, it's us peasants. And here again, the Magna Carta, which came from over there in the UK, was created by a king, actually. I don't remember which one. I'm, I'm ignorant on that. I apologize. But there was a king that actually had a heart and drafted up the Magna Carta for peasants to actually have some rights and own some property. Gee, go figure. Which then our Constitution was based on the Magna Carta, which is getting pissed all over right now or circumvented or rights being infringed upon. And if you really look at it, it's all through power, laws that are unconstitutional, and using money to make you think as a peasant that you actually, you actually have a choice and a chance to excel in this world by earning money. Now, I'm saying money. I'm not saying assets, I'm not saying gold, I'm not saying silver, I'm saying money. Get a job, take a lot of risks, start your own business. If you're successful, you'll become richer. But see, that's all based on the chasing the carrot of earning the money. So that's a whole different subject. I, I don't want to get into that. I, I want to I wanna lead you down the road, down the rabbit hole, I guess, depends on how you look at it. Unfortunately, the constitutions and democratic systems that once made us great are now tools for power-hungry politicians to swing votes and pander to the populist vote. Yes. Uh, yeah, the populist vote that is the minority. But yeah, you're right. It, it just really makes, makes me sick. I don't want to get into this too much, but I'm going to make this perfectly clear. I agree with the Black Lives Matter movement. I, I agree with anybody that sticks up for their rights and say, you know what, 
we're getting tired of getting treated like a piece of shit in these double standards and all that stuff that I do. But when it crosses the boundary into violence and burning shit down and hurting people, I, I don't, I don't agree with that. You're, you're just going to bring more violence, whatever you put out, you're going to bring back. The only time I agree with that is when we're pushed to a point of civil war, but they have to fire the first shot. So, but I don't know how an elected servant can sit there and lie to people and say, and this is what they've done to, to the black people, African-Americans, we'll give you money. We'll pay for your stuff. We'll give you a link card. We'll give you housing. You'll be with your own type of people. Boy, does this sound like what the Nazis said to the Jews? You'll be with your own people. You won't have to work. We'll just pay you as long as you vote for me. How can you do that to a human being? There's no opportunity, no room for growth, no reason to work or work harder to obtain more. And what's happened is that, um, and Candace Owen said this in a black um, I'm sorry, it's the way it is. I'm not being racist. Black African-American. Uh, they had a convention or conversation on stage and Candace Owens started shooting out these. I love her to death. She's awesome. I don't agree with everything she says, but I don't agree with, don't even, I don't even agree with what I, what I say most of the time or some of the time. Cause I, I, I listen to this after I do it and I'm like, um, really? <laughs> or I misspoke, which we're all going to do. But she put out a fact that the birth rate for African-Americans is going down. And don't think these politicians don't see that. So they're abandoning these people. Well, we used you. We don't need you anymore. Stay in your projects. Go fuck yourself. Now they're targeting the Hispanic Mexican people. Because they're coming over here in droves and they're saying, oh, come here. We'll take care of you. Here's our sanctuary city. We're, we're going to take care of you just like they told the black people because they want their vote. That is a horrible humanitarian atrocity. You don't treat people like that. And the Mexican Hispanic people are, are falling for it because they actually think the government gives a shit about them when all they carry about is obtaining their power. So now they're using the Mexican Hispanic people like they did the black people. Simply let the poor fight each other while the 10% carry on their agenda. Well, that that's the black on black violent crime in the projects and the Robert Taylor homes. It used to be uh, Cabrini Green until they tore all that down and put up condos and spread out those poor people across Cook County in Illinois. Now they're everywhere. But, it, it, but it's, not, it's not really their fault, but it is their fault. Because, like Ronald Reagan said, the worst thing you can hear from the government saying to people is, I'm here from the government and I'm here to help. Ronald Reagan said that. So when somebody is saying that to you, you should be very cautious 
in what their intentions and narratives are because they're not for your best interest. Yeah, well, the elite, yeah, he says, focus on the black people, then focus on the Hispanics, then the Muslims, never the elite 10%. Well, no, because they're pulling the strings. So there's nothing. The only thing we can really do is pull an on Rand or a Atlas Shrugged and just all of us go on strike. That's the only way, in my opinion, that you can fight fire with fire, I guess. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I really have thought long and hard about this uh, because the last thing that we want is a revolution. I think it's the last thing anybody wants, but maybe not because when things get tore down, the people that remain in power or in power are going to be able to rebuild. So I, I, I get the strategy. I get what's going on. I, I had this discussion with my son because what's going on in Kenosha and that poor kid went up there 17 years old and he's getting charged with six crimes because he's a law abiding, legally carrying firearm person. And he's just got charged with six crimes because he went up there to, to help people. What is that fucking noise? So then you exercise your, your God given rights and inalienable rights and you end up getting thrown in jail. You know, I, I, I really don't know what to tell you, but they keep pushing and they keep pushing and they keep pushing and they're intrinsically getting you through the monetary system. And, and if you don't believe that you need, I want to get back on track here. And I, and I, and I please make comments in the chat room. I'm not, I'm not, the chat room's distracting and that might sound like a negative comment, but it's not. Just say, I love it, and I love being distracted by that with interactions and comments. Yeah, okay, but I, I'm not going to ignore it. The only way I'm going to ignore it is if I minimize it. I don't want to do that. I want to see the comments. I want to know what you people are thinking. So I encourage that, and then share the show. Please share the show. I don't get to pay a dime for this. I am affiliated to Freedom Revolution Network for disclosure, but I don't get paid for doing this. Uh, I haven't been on there in a while because I've been moving and this and that and everything else. So uh, it's very easy for me just to get on here and do this on Podbean. Live now, I may add. It used to be just a podcast service. Now I can broadcast live. That's freaking awesome. Um, yeah, thinking we're fast heading to a towards a cashless society that is in, in this whole coin shortage thing, in my opinion, is bullshit. Okay. I guess we might as well start with blockchain, blockchain technology. Okay. So this is how I understand it. Okay. And it, it's just like anything else. You have a discussion with somebody and they may know or have knowledge of how a process works and what it is. But nobody's ever 100% accurate. So, but you need to take what I'm telling you and further educate yourself. And do that to the point where you understand it in your own thinking and terms. 
that's one big wrong thing with the education system. You can't take 30, 40, 50 kids and say the same thing to every one of them because every single one of them is going to interpret it, what you're saying differently. And that's why I'll just put them on, uh, put them on Redolin and, and they'll be fine. No, you, you can't say the same thing to 30 kids and expect them to comprehend the same thing. Same thing here. I, I could say one thing to de- 10 different people and then ask them, what did you hear? What did I say? And I can promise you those 10 different people will say 10 different things. So when, when I say things, don't look at it from a perspective of fact, fact checking, look at it as, Oh, I need to learn more about that. And then you'll probably learn more than I know, which I don't know a lot, but I know enough. No, you don't have to stop posting. That's fine. I, I like this. I'm not, I, I, it's constructive criticism, I guess. I, I, it's, I love this. I want interaction. Say whatever the fuck you want to say, because eventually the chat room becomes its own entity. And when I've done this on other networks, the chat room has its own sometimes personality. And a lot of times you guys will be talking about shit. <laughs> okay. I hate fucking Trump. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it'll take on its own essence or own personality and it won't even have nothing to do with the show. So I, I don't care about that. I want the chat room to evolve. So say whatever you want. That's fine. I would like someday to elaborate on that. I want to want, I want to know why people hate Trump, but I don't want to get into that right now. I understand it, but I don't, I don't see why I want to know. I want to know why you, why you think that, but all right. So blockchain technology. Okay. Now this is how I understand it. Back when uh, Satoshi came up with Bitcoin, there is a process of, the transactions happening. Now I'm not going to get into mining and Bitcoin mining and how that happens because that's where the confusion comes in. Bitcoin is totally separate from blockchain as how I understand it. Blockchain is a process of accounting. It's a different way of processing transactions. Okay. So don't associate blockchain with Bitcoin. Does that make sense? Because it, it, it's confusing the subject and people don't understand it. And I'm trying to put clarity into it and break it down to its simplest terms so you understand it. So blockchain is once a transaction happens, it goes out into the internet, into all these designated computers that are networked okay and they process the transaction so that's why the government anybody or whatever and it's it's a highly secured network and all these computers there isn't a computer that has the processing power on the planet, nor will there ever be because all these computers processing power is combined when it's doing these transactions. And it takes a lot of time and computer processing power to do these transactions on the blockchain. 
And a blockchain is nothing more by definition than a block is created after it's processed. Okay. And the way that the computers figure it out is they don't figure out what it is. They figure out what it isn't. So that's why it takes so long to do a block, which is nothing more than a completed transaction that's sealed and cannot be altered. You have to look into this because I, I think they can go back and alter it, but I, I don't think they can. They may be able to, but it's got to be voted upon and all this other crap. But let's just say that it can't. So a block is a block of information that's already processed and sealed by computers over time. And it's been, the algorithm is, as far as I understand it, is not to figure out what it is, but what it isn't. So it goes by through process of elimination of what it isn't until it figures out what it is. Then when it's done, it's sealed and everything else, and that's a block. So then the next transaction is another block. And then when that's done, it's completed or connected to the other block, like a chain of links to the other block. So now you have a chain of blocks that have taken all this processing power and all this accounting crap and time and electrical consumption to complete a transaction. Okay. So that's why it's almost impossible. They say it's impossible to penetrate it, change it, overpower it, whatever, because this is all out in a network of computers that you get rewarded by obtaining Bitcoin Satoshis. Satoshis are like, I don't want to really drag Bitcoin into this, but Satoshis are a value of Bitcoin or a division of Bitcoin, like pennies are of a dollar. So in an, an analogy or comparison, Satoshis are pennies and a dollar's a Bitcoin for you to understand it. Dollars fragmented into its smallest terms, which is pennies, at least in physical form. And the smallest denomination of a Bitcoin is a Satoshi. So that's why, and there's motivation for people on the blockchain network to do these transactions because they get rewarded in Satoshis or Bitcoin. So it's not like a free thing. So here, here's, here's the future, in my opinion, of blockchain technology, if I understand it and explained it enough for you to understand what I'm, where I'm going. The government doesn't like Bitcoin and competition and alternate, alternate currencies. They, they just don't. So, but blockchain obviously interests them. And here's why this whole cashless society thing, which they've been trying to do forever. Now the coin shortage thing, which is bullshit, but it's just more of an excuse to get rid of cash and coins because your accounting system in your personal life 
And you would think in corporate and you would think with the government spending, which that will never happen. There is no room for air altering, faking a double set of books. What not that you would want to, but I'm just saying, or making money on the side is cash where it never happened and you don't have to claim the income and pay the taxes on it. Those days are going bye-bye and also questionable deductions, tax deductions, whatever, all that's going bye-bye because it's all going to be done automatically by blockchain technology. So every penny that you spend, every penny that you earn, every legitimate tax deduction that you make is all going to be tracked, computed, blockchained, archived, cannot be changed by blockchain technology. There's no loopholes. There's no way getting around it. That's the way it's going to be. Period. So get ready for that because they're sneaking it in. I've already got updates from my banks and, and or bank and other things. Oh, we're changing the accounting system for your benefit to make it easier and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, sure you are. They're, they're going to tighten the noose more and more on you because they want to know what you make. They want to know what you spend. That's another thing that'll be on it. Access will be given to not voluntarily, but come on, let's be real. Whoever wants to get in there, powers that be can, and they probably do. And they'll go in there and they'll see what you're spending your money on. But here's the thing. When you use your debit card or chip or whatever, and they, whoever they are, sees that you're spending too much money in a certain area, um, they can go in there and limit how much food you're buying. Well, you're spending too much on this, so you can't do that. Or your electric bill's too high. You're not being green friendly, the new green deal. So, no. You, you can't spend more than $200 a month on your electric for your air conditioning. Although it's hotter and fuck out or no, you can't, you can't eat that type of food or we're going to increase your Obamacare premiums, whatever. See how all this information is going to be used to control you. So they're going to make sure that you behave and they're going to make sure you live the way that they want you to live. And if you don't, and trust me, this technology is here because a few years ago when I had my bank account at a different bank, I could go into my app on my phone with my credit card and choose what transactions that could be denied or approved, like online all, all this different stuff, I forget, but I could actually program my chip in my card through my app to what transactions could and could not be approved. So it's here. Technology's here. And blockchain is going to fall perfectly into that. 
And God forbid, some of these parameters or limits could be automatically put on by an algorithm and it's just going to be automatic. I don't, I don't think anybody like big brother is going to be watching what you're doing. I think depending on your political affiliation and some other requirements that they're going to put onto it, um, including your health, your cholesterol level, your age, all that kind of crap, high blood pressure, they might deny transactions based on what type of food you're eating because you're a fat fuck and you're not taking care of yourself. And they're going to say, no, you're not buying a box of Twinkies, no offense against them, or a bag of Doritos or junk food or pop or a beer or cigarettes. No, because you're costing us more money by you being in poor health, by paying for your health care. So, it's going to be a total mess, but it's all about control. So that's blockchain. So take that and shove it up in your ass, way up in your ass. Take that and do what you want with it. But that's blockchain. Blockchain is nothing more than a network of computers tracking and building blocks and connecting them all based on, well, based on your wallet when it comes to cryptocurrency, but based on your wallet, which is probably going to be an internet ID, social security number, whatever, uh, which was never supposed to be used for identification, by the way. Do your homework on that. Never say never. Just like the income tax was going to be temporary to get us through the war, whatever. Temporary taking us off the gold standard when Nixon did it. Okay, whatever. But that's what I think and where this is going to go. How, what's the fourth derivative, which is time? I don't know. I don't know how long or when this is going to happen, but it's going to happen. So, and then I think the dollar in cash, they'll probably, they'll probably do it like the gold confiscation back when Roosevelt did it in the forties. It's like, this is what we're going to give you for gold and dollars. And you have this amount of time or you're going to be arrested. So I, I think any dollars that you stash or coins that you stash or whatever, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to give you an amount of time to turn in your dollars because people are going to think they're going to get cute by stuffing dollars in their mattress, which, which would be a perfectly normal reaction but they're going to catch you on that. And they're going to go, you have exactly 30 days to turn in your dollars or they're going to be worthless. And if you are caught with them, you're going to be arrested for treason. I don't, well, I don't know what they're going to say, but they're going to scare the living shit out of you. So that's what I think they're going to do. So pay attention to any news stories, books, anything, on the internet, just do blockchain technology. Crypto Casey does a great job on YouTube explaining it way better than me, but I'm just trying to get you motivated to learn more about it. So hopefully I accomplish that goal. Now, Bitcoin, we can get into Bitcoin a little bit. People don't understand what Bitcoin is. There's plenty of video. Crypto Casey does a great job on this too. Uh, but I'm talking specifically about Bitcoin, all these other altcoins and Ethereum and all this other stuff, Chainlink, EOS, all, all these other different altcoins. 
if it's not Bitcoin, it's an altcoin. That's just my way I see it. I am specifically talking about Bitcoin. If you want to learn more about Bitcoin and somebody that's really pro Bitcoin again is Max Kaiser. So watch him. There's a great debate between Max Kaiser and Peter Schiff on Bitcoin. It's on YouTube. It's great. You're going to have to decide what's for you. Like I have, but in another book that I've read so far again, is the Bitcoin standard. I highly, that book goes back to the days when sticks and stones and rocks and flowers and gold and silver were used as money. So it, it shows you why we have a money monetary system and how it got all fucked up and what Bitcoin is doing to eventually probably replacing that unless they shut down the internet, but whatever they shut down the internet. We're all in trouble anyway. But Bitcoin Satoshi came up with Bitcoin after right after the meltdown. So whoever Satoshi is or was or whatever came up with this system for Bitcoin. Now, as I understand it, Bitcoins are mined by computers that are miners. And it takes a lot of electricity to mine a Bitcoin. So much so that, I mean, it's just astronomical. Now there's more efficient miners. There's graphic cards that are actually more efficient in the hashtag calculations. So I'm told, or I've read to process and mine Bitcoins more efficiently. I'm not telling you to mine coins or not mine coins. That's something you can get into because after you finally mine a coin, you are rewarded by payment in Bitcoin. I don't know how much I don't, that, that's all up to you. Uh, Bitcoin right now is 11, $12,000 a coin here. I'll tell you exactly. I don't want to misspeak. All I've heard is if it's not around a thousand bucks, which is kind of ironic because to get physical gold out of the ground, if it's not above 900 bucks, miners don't make any money mining real gold, real physical gold. And I think that money is, that cost is very similar to Bitcoin. Uh, but Bitcoin is, I just want to tell you what the fuck it is right now. Bitcoin is $1 million. No. $11,441 right now. So with those numbers, I guess Bitcoining would be profitable. I don't know. I haven't done it. I'm not going to do it. I, I don't want to do it. I just, I, I just want to buy a bit, buy Bitcoin. That's all I want to do. So Bitcoin was created by Satoshi and the Bitcoins and the algorithm was sent out and it just grew from there. I think one guy, the first transaction with the Bitcoin, a guy bought a pizza. So just so you understand, don't think of Bitcoin in dollar terms or any currency on the planet. Think of it as purchasing power. So Here's a perfect example how 
Bitcoin has increased its value, not in dollars, but in purchasing power. So one Bitcoin don't know don't know much about Bitcoin that was in the mainstream media. No, they don't like talking about it. They make fun of it. It is it better to buy or sell Bitcoin or to mine it? See, that's your homework. That's your decision. My decision for me is I'm not going to mine it. I'm just going to buy it. So, and not sell it, buy it. I'm just going to buy it. But here is how Bitcoin since 2008 has increased its value or purchasing power, not in dollars, purchasing power. The big difference. One Bitcoin bought a pizza. Okay. Gold has maintained its purchasing power. One ounce of gold or a gold coin, one ounce coin, always will buy a man a suit to wear, a nice suit. That's standard the test of time forever. Bitcoin, that's not true. The purchasing power has not leveled out because the first transaction with one Bitcoin bought a fucking pizza. Excuse my French. Not swearing at you. I'm passionate. Sorry. I'm just to get something across. They don't swear at you. I use colorful metaphors, which I'm working on, by the way. One Bitcoin bought a pizza. Okay. I just shared with you the value of one Bitcoin, $11,400. Is there a fucking pizza that costs $11,400? Probably somewhere, maybe in a restaurant in Vegas. In Dubai. Who's in Dubai? Pizza? There's $11,000 pizza in Dubai. Dubai? I want to go there too. So that's how Bitcoin has increased its purchasing power. How many pizzas can you buy now with one Bitcoin? Quite a lot. And the thing is, Bitcoin, in my opinion, is not done yet. There's predictions by other people on YouTube, 20,000, 50,000, 100,000, a million dollars. But you have to be careful when you're pricing Bitcoin in money. Because of inflation, people don't understand inflation. Inflation is nothing more than the government. Now, there's true inflation. Things cost more naturally. They just do. Blockchain is touted as unhackable. Is that correct? As far as I understand it, yes. But I'm not a fool to say never say never. I don't know if it's unhackable. I'm concerned about something that's called a fork and Bitcoin's forked off to Bitcoin cash and things like that. In my opinion, that kind of opens the door and I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm not a hacker. I'm not any of that. But once you alter something, you're creating a weakness in my opinion or potential. But to answer your question, blockchain is touted as unhackable is this correct as far as i understand it yes usually when people lose their bitcoin it's because they do something stupid and i've done that i have lost 1500 dollars in bitcoin because of my stupidity 
You have to understand when you own Bitcoin, you there's no federally insured account. You lose your Bitcoin, you lose your Bitcoin. There, there's no going back. You're fucked. I will swear in that. You are fucked. The only way you can lose your Bitcoin is if you do something or one of the exchanges gets hacked. Bitcoin itself, as far as the blockchain technology, as far as I understand it, cannot be hacked. But where your Bitcoin is sitting, yes, those are the exchanges. And to explain exchanges, that's analogous to, all right, so you want to buy a stock, okay? So you go to E-Trade, Ameritrade, one of the exchanges, the stock exchanges, not necessarily the way we understand or told what a stock exchange is. Stock exchanges are like the New York Stock Exchange and all the other ones. But as far as processing and buying and selling stocks, those are on the exchanges, which are on E-Trade, Ameritrade, whatever. If you want to buy a Bitcoin, you got to do it on an exchange, buy or sell or hold. And just like E-Trade or Ameritrade, your stocks are sitting in your account. I use Coinbase. There's other different exchanges. So that's how you buy and sell Bitcoin. And it sits in an account on their server on the exchange. Now, crypto. Casey is a great thing. It's called a BC vault, which is a hard storage device. Think of it like an iPad or iPod, MP3 player, or an external hard drive. According to her, this is where you should keep your Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency. But I, I want to stick with Bitcoin because if I go off into the altcoins, well, Tim said to buy this. No, I'm not saying to buy or sell anything. I'm just, I want to stick with Bitcoin because in my opinion and other people, all the altcoins are going to go to zero and the only one that's going to survive is Bitcoin. But I do agree. Eventually Bitcoin's going to go to zero too, but I think I'll be dead. It's going to be, take a long time for that to happen, but you don't want your Bitcoin. I don't want my Bitcoin. According to Crypto Casey on YouTube, you don't want your Bitcoin sitting on an exchange. It's not that blockchain is going to get hacked. It's that the exchange is going to get hacked. And like I said, watch B the BC Vault review with cryptocurrency on YouTube, and she explains it perfectly. So much so, she convinced me to buy it. I believe that transportation systems of the future will be based on blockchain, autonomous vehicles. Or, well, I don't know. That's a good, I mean, yeah, maybe. I never thought of that. Why not? I, sure. So Bitcoin is uh, digital gold. So if you can think of Bitcoin as digital gold, then you'll understand Bitcoin, but you need to know how gold works and silver. You need to know how that works. So you need to educate yourself on gold and silver. And then you need to transfer that into Bitcoin. But just like gold and silver, Bitcoin is mined, but it's not physical. 
It's created by a bunch of miners on a network through blockchain technology on the internet, through computers. Your, your computer is a tractor or a miner or a scraper or backhoe or whatever, a sifter, the whole nine yards. There's really no manual labor in creating Bitcoin. That, that's an argument too. Well, there's no intrinsic value. Yeah, yeah, there is. There's time and there is electrical consumption. So there is intrinsic value into Bitcoin. That's just a fact. It costs something to make a Bitcoin. And that something is time and electrical consumption, which is money. So there's also intrinsic value in gold because it, from what I understand, it takes 900 bucks an ounce in cost just to dig the shit out of the ground. So there is intrinsic value to Bitcoin. But then once it's mined, then you can purchase it. Now, the nice thing, and here's where the inflation comes in. Gold is non-inflationary, and so is silver because there's a fixed amount or a limited new amount that can be added to the current amount, whereas dollars and any currency, fiat currency, can be printed. That's why the founding fathers wanted our currency backed by silver and gold. You cannot print more money than what you have in your gold reserves. It's like an insurance policy or a limit a credit card limit on how much the government can spend. But with the Korean war, world war one, world war two, all these wars that we had up to 1971 Vietnam war, we were spending more than what we had in gold reserves. And that's when Nixon took us off the gold standard. And in my opinion, that's the day that we filed bankruptcy. It's essentially not having a limit on your credit card or writing as many checks as you want out of your checking account, which you can't do. That's when our trouble started or actually not started, caught up with us monetarily. Now the government can print money just by selling treasury bonds, treasury notes, treasury bills to anybody that'll buy them. And then they can print the money that is on or sold on the treasury market. So it's pretty much unlimited spending, but Bitcoin is non-inflationary and actually it's deflationary because only so many coins are mined. I forget the exact number, but there's a limit to how many Bitcoins are going to be mined. And that's where the having thing comes in. It's like, well, what's this having thing? Well, as many Bitcoins that were mined previously, and it, I think the time comes out between, between 18 and 24 months, let's say 50 Bitcoins were halved and the next halving comes up. Well, now it's going to be 25 coins. And then after a year and a half or so, it's not time, it's, it's processing, but it, it's equated into time or measured into time. So we made 50 Bitcoins. Now we're going to make 25. And then after 25, it's going to be halved to what's that? 12 and a half. And then after another year and a half or two years, it's going to be 6.25 or whatever. That's the halving. And that goes hand in hand with time. 
in having. So instead of increasing Bitcoins, which is inflation, that's inflationary, printing more money, the more you hit simple supply to understand inflation, simple supply and demand, the more there is of something. And if the demand doesn't go up, the value goes down. So if there's a million widgets out there and nobody wants to buy them and some asshole puts another million widgets on the market, well, the price is going to go down. The value that's going to go down. Same thing when money, money is printed by any country. The more you print, the less it's worth. And the only time that's advantageous to a nation is when it comes to trade. Because people will buy your shit because it's cheaper. And the way it becomes cheaper is by printing more money. That's why this whole trade fiasco is going on right now. And everybody's pissed. But in reality, the best thing to have is a strong, powerful currency. But if you're in trade agreements or a global economy, people can't afford to buy your shit because your currency is too strong because their currency is weak because they keep printing money. So your purchasing power goes down if you're in that country with that currency, but other currencies compared to it when they're stronger, love it because they can buy your shit. That's why we're in a big mess. We are in with China right now. China keeps devaluing their currency so people will buy their stuff compared to buying stuff valued in dollars or made in America. So that's a very basic way of explaining inflation and trade agreements in the global economy. But you want a strong currency because then that's good for the nation and that's good for the people. But if you continue to print money, you're devaluing it. Then that means it takes more of that currency to buy the same thing, like food, energy, everything they strip out of the CPI to measure inflation. So you're basically fucking yourself. But the thing the elites do is after they print it, and this is why the stock market, in my opinion, is going up in other people is because when that money's printed, it goes right to the elites and the corporations and the higher ups. They take that money as soon as it's printed in today's dollar value in, in its value when it still has purchasing power and are going and buying stocks and everything else and all these investments. So the rich are getting richer, but by the time you get that money and you spend it and earn it through wages, because it takes time, our currency isn't backed by anything but la but your labor. That's it. But by the time you earn that money, it's already devalued. So the inflation is passed on to the peasants. That's why I'm seeing these stories. Well, the Fed needs to combat what's going on with more inflation. Oh, well, that's great because it's not going to affect the ultra rich and all these other assholes. Because they get the money instantly that day and they spend it and they use it. But you and me and us peasants. We got to earn that money that's already inflated as soon as it's printed. So the better, the sooner you get it and spend it, the better it is for you because you're retaining your purchasing power. But if you have a job and you earn it through labor, and then if you're dumb enough to save it, inflation's going to eat that up. 
inflation is going to go through the roof in my prediction. And God forbid it gets to hyperinflation because you're going to have all these dollars saved. But what good is it going to do if a loaf of bread costs you a hundred bucks? And then people will look at their IRAs or their 401ks or everything else. Oh my God, look, we're making a ton of money. We're rich because look how high our accounts are going. Or look at the price of our house. Look how much that's going up. Well, that's because dollars are being inflated. You're not making any money. See, that's a, it's counterintuitive. It's going up in value. No, it's going down in value, but it's going up in dollars, which are devalued through inflation. Once you figure that out, you're like, holy shit, I'm getting fucked. For me, it's much better to take that money and spend it or buy something that's non-inflationary or anti-inflation, which is gold, silver, and Bitcoin. Because in my opinion, after reading the Bitcoin standard book, not only is Bitcoin going to fight local nation country inflation, every country for the most part is printing, 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 printing. Bitcoin is going to be anti-inflationary on a global level. Because when people wise up and governments wise up, well, I'm not going to use the dollar anymore. I'm not going to earn, sacrifice my labor to earn dollars. Or if I do, I'm going to transfer it right away into Bitcoin. And once the entire planet, which will never happen, maybe not in my lifetime, once the entire planet realizes that they're getting fucked by inflation, they're going to go, fuck you. This is the biggest Worst thing, this is the Wizard of Oz. Once the wizard is discovered that it's an old man pulling fucking levers behind the curtain, it's game over. And once people start buying Bitcoin, and Bitcoin is deflationary because of the having, so supply and demand, there's less Bitcoins to buy but more people want them. So supply goes down, demand goes up. So the value of Bitcoin is going to increase simple supply and demand. That's why all the governments are scared to death of Bitcoin because the only way they can pay their bills and survive and pull the wool over the eyes of the people is by printing money through inflation. The second the government prints money, they take it and they spend it. Or what they do, and a lot of times, is they'll take it and they'll take their old debt and they'll refinance it at a lower rate. So they're flipping or continuously going further into debt and then refinancing it. Because they, they can't afford to pay their bill. If they were smart, the money that they would print, they would try to pay some of the debt off. But we're told that income tax is there to pay off the debt. And from what I understand, it is. Income taxes don't 
at least on the federal level from how I understand it, don't pay the bills. They pay the interest on the debt, which is the Federal Reserve. And you need to do your homework on that. But all of this is tied together. Blockchain, Bitcoin, and inflation. And there's never been anything on the planet except gold and silver, specifically gold, to be anti-inflationary. And that's why the government doesn't like it. Not to mention when you're on the gold standard, a government cannot spend or print more money than it has in gold reserves. That's why they don't like gold either, because it makes them responsible and accountable. Now, Bitcoin is going to do that, but it's not going to be regulated. Well, it's trying to be, government's trying to regulate it because they're scared to death of it. But Bitcoin is going to do that now just by free market and it's decentralized. You have to learn about the banking system. This will be a currency that's not controlled by a central banking system, which our forefathers, Andrew J Jackson, went after the bankers like crazy to stop them from doing what was done when the Federal Reserve Act was passed. You need to do your homework on that. The best book for that is The Creature from Jekyll Island by G. Edward Griffin. I get so pissed when I read that book. I still haven't finished it. So that's why the government loves blockchain because that's control. That's control. We're going to know however, every penny that you make and every penny that you spend. And of course they love inflation because without it, they couldn't survive but they don't like Bitcoin because Bitcoin is digital gold. Except the difference between Bitcoin and gold, gold with mining and physical mining, there'll always be an increase to the supply. But with Bitcoin, the having decreases the supply. And then one day, no more Bitcoins will be mined. So the value has to go up if demand goes up or stays constant. If it decreases, then Bitcoin will go to zero. So this is all right now, in my opinion, the laws of supply and demand, and it can't be manipulated. The demand can be manipulated by people attacking it and saying it's bullshit. And I don't know. It's bullshit because they don't understand it. And it's taken me hours and hours and hours. They say it takes 10,000 hours for somebody to become an expert at something. So I, I guess that means you're going to have to watch 10,000 hours of YouTube videos or 10,000 hours of reading books or doing research on Bitcoin to become an expert. I am by no means any of that. But I have spent a lot of time trying to educate myself and navigate through this because all the financial networks don't like it. All, all the multi-gajillion bazillionaires don't like it. If they don't like gold and silver, they don't like Bitcoin and vice versa. And there's a reason for that. And a lot of times, like Jim Rogers says, who I think is phenomenal, sometimes you have to be contrarian. 
sometimes you have to do the opposite of what people, what the masses or majority are doing. And I believe that it's when everybody's doing the same thing, you better step back and watch out. Cause usually that means a bubble bubbles forming like the housing market and the internet.com bubble and all the other bubbles that have been created because there's mass influx to something there. There's an epiphany or an awakening when people finally realize, Holy shit, I should be buying whatever a house, gold, silver, Bitcoin. When that happens and you keep hearing about it, you better pay attention because that's the forming of a bubble and that's the beginning of the end. And with the fourth derivative included in that, which is time, which I have no idea how to calculate it. That's when you got to pay attention. All right. So let's see, there was a theory that Libra's of Gaddafi, oh, Libya's, sorry, <laughs> Libya's Gaddafi was removed. He wanted to sell oil for gold and not in dollars. That's true. As far as I know, he wanted to get out of petrodollars. And the same thing with Saddam Hussein. They wanted to, the only reason why the dollar keeps existing and has power is because of the petrodollar, because they made a deal with OPEC allegedly that they need to sell oil in dollars. Well, for whatever reason, they agreed because they took advantage of their ignorance and uh, they're finding out that they can make a lot more money if oil was valued in gold. And that's what Gaddafi was attempting to do. And supposedly that's allegedly, and that's, that's what uh, Hussein was doing. So this whole guise of, Oh, we, <coughs> I'm not, not saying it's not true. There's no truth to it. Excuse me. <clears throat> but they finally woke up and realized they're getting fucked through inflation. We're just dumping our dollars onto them. And the reason why inflation hasn't become hyperinflation and there's a, there's a formula for it. It's like, I forget the number, but if the same dollars are circulated and more created by a certain number, then that's when hyperinflation occurs. But since we're, this is something else you need to do your homework on since the Bretton Woods agreement, and we are the reserve currency of the world, our dollars and oil is a big reason for it. I mean, just think about it. If you had your own currency, but you didn't have the control and production and sale of oil, and somebody else did, wouldn't you want all those transactions to be in your currency so you could profit off of that? Fuck yeah. And you could control it? Sure. If you're a maniacal sociopath, control freak, sure. Why wouldn't you? And that's what they did. And that's why oil is priced in dollars. But these people are waking up. And under the guise of, oh, well, they're terrorists or they're this or they're that, or we need to spread democracy through our military. And this is nothing against the military. Unfortunately, the military has to follow orders. But I think they're waking up to this fact, too, that it's about the money. The industrial military complex. It's about 
the mighty dollar. So yes, as far as I know, it's not really off topic. It's great. That's a great, it's all connected and see, that's the problem. Once you go down this rabbit hole, it's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And it's all interconnected. There's something going on with swaps right now with countries that are allies. And uh, it was on Rich Dad, Poor Dad podcast. Some really smart guy, real smart guy explained it. And the Federal Reserve is like allegedly doing deals with swapping money with countries that are our assets with our money, our money unbeknownst to any of us because we keep hearing how bad we're doing and this and that we needed a bailout to save the entire country back in 08 and you just keep hearing about all this money going out of the country and the only reason that is happening is for control and for being the world's reserve currency because remember when i said the more that something's printed and the supply is increased and the demand goes down, the value goes down. If we were just using dollars in this country, we would have been way beyond hyperinflation a long time ago. But since we can export our inflation by using the dollar and petrodollars and other things and spreading our dollars across the planet, well, now you just drop the supply. Well, not really the supply in the country, but the supply is the same. But now there's a bigger demand because the entire planet is addicted to the dollar. So now your demand went up manipulatively because we make people use the dollar. Because according to the Bretton Woods Agreement, the dollar is as good as gold. So you really need to do your homework on this stuff. All right. And that's a good time to go. That's an hour and 15 minutes. So I hope I explain this to some basic elementary level. Not that I'm talking down to you because it's very, 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 very complex. It's very complicated. You don't understand it. It's counterintuitive. But when I see stories coming up about inflation is the answer when they're already printing a gazillion bajillion dollars a day and you're not getting any of it except maybe in some stimulus money or earning it through your hard labor to get a paycheck, which by the time you get it and you earn it is already devalued or the purchasing power is decreased. And they're going to take inflationary measures for you to further lose your purchasing power. I have to say something. Now, again, I'm not recommending anything. I am doing what I am doing. You need to do your homework for your own survival. Because bad money, according to Robert Kurosaki, When bad money starts coming in, it forces out the good money. And that was an example when the government decided to stop printing silver coins and gold coins or silver coins, I should say, and mixing them and devaluing them like the Romans did, but the Romans didn't have that technology or maybe they did, but they shaved coins. They shaved the edges off of coins so they would have more of them. 
but they devalued it. They would shave the edges off. That's why our coins, for the most part, have serrated edges. You can't shave them. So the government's like, well, then fuck it. We won't make them out of silver. When they make them out of nickel and copper and make them look like they're made out of silver. See, you're, you're being fooled. And money is power. And money is freedom. But it has to be a sound monetary system. And it's not anymore. And our government is no different than any other government throughout history. The Romans did it. We're repeating Rome's mistake. Weimar Germany did it. Uh, Zimbabwe did it. Venezuela did it. They've all done it because they spend beyond their means. And the only way they know how to address it is to print more money. But when I see Trish Regan sharing a story on LinkedIn and her podcast that the plan for the Fed is more inflation, that's a red flag. That's just going to decrease your purchasing power and make the poor, poor and the rich, richer. And I don't want to get into politics in that. That's just the way it works. It has nothing to do with politics. It's the law of money. Please share this show. Do your homework. Don't go through the regular stages of denial. Well, this guy's full of shit. No way. This can't be true. It is true then don't get mad, don't get even, don't raise hell, because the old day of modern warfare where you shoot me, I shoot you, and whoever's stronger or has better guns wins doesn't apply anymore. This is a mental warfare. This is mental warfare. And unfortunately, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, it's all ran by a bunch of sociopaths. And in order to understand a sociopath, you need to think like one, which is very scary. Or at least a narcissist or a, a psychopath, because that's what this is. But if you go up against these people with traditional modern warfare tactics, you're going to lose. They have that all figured out already. They reversed engineered it all. They flipped it and they figured it out with the fourth derivative in time. They know what you're going to do. You can't go toe to toe with these people. You need to figure this out. Look for non-inflationary deflationary things as far as the value of your money to increase your purchasing power because they're not going to tell you. That's why Reagan said, I'm here from the government and I'm here to help. If they were here to help, they never would have went off gold in the first place. And they would tell you, I mean, the Chinese government even tells people to buy silver, its own citizens. That's a communistic country. So they would be telling you what you should be doing if they cared. But this is way past the point of no return. And now mainstream is saying, the Fed is saying, the answer is inflation, i.e. more dollars, i.e. losing your purchasing power. If that is true, then that tells me it's time to buy more Bitcoin for me. You need to educate yourself 
for self-survival and quit being a debt slave with labor earning deflationary, not inflationary, less purchasing power dollars in trance. You should think about transferring that. I am educate yourself on how to transfer that to maintain or even increase your purchasing power. You're not making money. Don't look at it like, Oh, look at the money I'm making. No, you're increasing your purchasing power. I've always argued that, okay. Um, and it's so hard for me to put into words to explain it, but dollar losses on paper are losses. Well, when you lose your purchasing power, how is that not a loss to you? So why wouldn't you be able to, to deduct on your taxes or your tax return the effect of losing your purchasing power because you can't buy as much as you used to, so therefore it's a loss. But if you make dollars in a gain, you need to pay taxes on it. So I guess if you increase your purchasing power, you should pay taxes on that. But if you're increasing your purchasing power, you're going to end up spending it anyway and then paying taxes. So it's more of the loss thing. If it's a loss on paper, it's a loss. But for some reason, we can't claim purchasing power is a loss. And it is a loss. So I don't know, but that one ain't going to fly. Just, it's just, it's not to start a movement or bitching about, oh, I should be able to deduct my loss of purchasing power. No, it's to make you think and educate yourself. Don't think of gains and losses in dollars. Think of losing or increasing your purchasing power and you will be fine. And read the books I told you, watch the videos that I told you. Make up your own mind and educate yourself because one day your survival may depend on it. Thank you for listening to the show. Please share it. I hope I shed some light onto this enough to motivate you to do your own research, read your own books, because in the end, besides me, there's nobody out there looking out for you. And you need to share this shit. Please share the show and have a great day. You've been listening to the original Red Pill Show.